I'm Steve Grubbs, your host and the founder of Victory XR, and this is our weekly conversation on issues related to education and AR and VR. And our host, our guest today is Joanna Popper of HP. Anybody who knows Joanna may know that uh, uh, she is one of the most influential people in this space and even more, uh, one of the most charismatic. So we love having her in here. So Joanna, would you go ahead and introduce yourself? I know you're the global head of VR for HP, which is a big company and, and a big space, but talk to us a little bit about what you do. Thanks, Steve. It's great to be here with you. Hi, everybody. My name is Joanna Popper. I'm the global head of virtual reality, focused on go-to-market and location-based entertainment for HP. And I've been with HP about two and a half years now and working very closely with our partners and customers and clients all over the world to help them, uh, you know, help them in their journey with virtual reality and making sure that they're using some of the best technology out there. So wonderful. Um, you travel or less travel now, but, but you see now. more than almost <laughs> anybody in, in, in the VR space. What are one or two really cool things you've seen recently? Well, recently, Steve, I have not traveled at all. I, uh, so everything I have seen has been for the, from the comfort of my own home, but in, still in a virtual reality headset, right? So uh, some of the great things that I've seen recently uh, were, well, I would say, uh, what, what CAN XR did, you know, how, I don't know if you had a, a chance to experience it, but uh, CAN XR normally would take place in beautiful CAN France, you know, on the French Riviera, and you get to see, you know, go on the red carpet and see movies and, and have a great VR experience while you're there as well. But this year, of course, that did not happen. And so CAN XR partnered with Kaleidoscope and Museum of Other Realities and created an entire, an entire uh, film festival and VR, VR film festival inside Museum of Other Realities. So do you have, we had the opportunity to go into a headset um, inside Museum of Other Realities, enter the 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 the, um, the CanXR experience, see amazing art, walk on a red carpet. You could even put on a fancy dress. They called it, so you could dress up your avatar in red carpet. And then, you, as you pass through different different hallways, you would you would run into people you know, just like you were at real like real CanXR. And then um, you you could go into different sort of theaters and see the actual experiences. And so it was all you know it was all pumped through a museum of other realities, uh, six stuff experience. You know powered by by PCs and it was really really amazing you know an amazing way to stay safe of course during during uh, COVID which of course is number one priority but still have the experience of getting to see and interact with and, and you know see um have interaction you know the, the experience of this fantastic content and even connect with and connect with and network with people in the industry and have some of those, those great moments that we would have if we'd all been together at Cannes. I love that. Uh, we are going to enter a film in that next year. I am committed to that. Oh, fantastic. So, fantastic. Yeah. 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 It's been, it's been really interesting. You know, each, each of the film festivals that have rolled out since, since you know, COVID began worldwide has done something slightly different. And, and, you know, this one, I, I thought this one just did an amazing job of making the content accessible, you know, to, to people, to, to more and more people around the world. 
What's the average length of those uh, films at Cannes? Is it five to 10 minutes? Yeah, I would say five, yeah, five to 10, maybe 15, you know, maybe probably everything mostly would be between five, five and 20, but probably average around five, 10, five, 12. Awesome. Okay. So you have been on a virtual tour promoting the HP Reverb Gen 2. Now, I, I remember I first tried this, the, the HP Reverb on uh, with you and Dan, your former colleague, uh, probably two years ago now when we were in, I think, San Francisco. Um, I believe we were at the, uh, the Microsoft Reactor for the Location-Based Entertainment Summit. Wow. Right, if I remember correctly. You do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So and, that, and, yeah, we, we were bringing around that. That was uh, that would have been, um, I guess, 2019, and we were we were uh, showcasing and the the original HP Reverb Generation One, which was a great headset, and and now we have our new HP Reverb Generation Two in partnership with Valve and Microsoft that we're so excited about. Well, and, and when I saw the first reverb, uh, you know, one of the issues with VR headsets has always been what's called the screen door effect. And so if there's anybody that's watching this that hasn't experienced this, it's, it's a little bit like looking through a screen door where if you have your eyes really close to the screen door, you see everything, but there's just like these little squares. And, and so, you know, the initial early generation headsets were really amazing, but they had that screen door effect. And, and what the first reverb really did, I thought, was to basically have eliminated that issue. Uh, talk to us. And so that screen resolution was sort of shocking when you first, it's sort of like um, when we went from standard definition television to HD TV. To me, that was the difference between most headsets I'd seen when I put on the reverb Gen 1. Talk to us about the, the visual clarity of HP Reverb Gen 2. Sure. So that's a great, that's a great comparison, you know, the SD, HD to SD, or SD to HD. So the, uh, the Reverb Generation 1, you know, there were a couple of objectives that we had with that headset. And the primary objective was what you just said, was to bring a really, really high resolution headset to the market and make it you know, accessible at, you know, for, for, for more people. And so we had a 2160 by 2160 resolution per eye. Um, and so that was about 2X or 2.5X times the resolution of most of the other major headsets in, in the market at that point. Um, it was definitely the highest resolution among major, major head, uh, vendors' headsets. And so that was the focus. You know, we wanted to really push and see, you know, where, where can we bring that resolution? Um, and that, that was done in partnership with Microsoft. You know, some of the other things that we were focused on at that point was inside-out tracking. You know, Microsoft was the, the original big in, you know, the company doing inside-out tracking. And so we, we had seen how much easier that made it for people and not having to set out outside cameras or outside base stations. And so that was important to us, you know, more of a plug-and-play experience. And then also it was important to us to have it be comfortable and relatively lightweight on the head. That was uh, 1.1 pounds for that, for that headset. Um, and so we came out to the market with that last year, um, got, you know, some really good response for uh, over, overall, um, you know, a really good response from enterprise, from training, from education, from healthcare, from 
architecture, engineering, construction, and product dev. And we actually got really good response also from gaming, particularly around flight simulation or racing simulation. And so that was actually somewhat unexpected, maybe in retrospect it shouldn't have been, but you know, we were very much, we were more focused on enterprise um, and, and in the media and entertainment world, we were more focused on location-based entertainment, um, but we got you know, great, great feedback from all the game simulation. Um, and I know, I know you work a lot with eSports, and so, so that's why I'm bringing in, and, and schools and educators work a lot with eSports. Um, and so, so that, was, that was what happened with the first, the first headset. And um, you know, then when that came out, we were, you know, as I said, we were working it, we were working together with Microsoft. And after that headset came out, uh, Valve came and said, you know, this is the headset seems really great. We think if we were working together, we could make it, we can make it, you know, that much better. And you know, bringing some of our technology to what you all are doing and make a really, really great product. And so anyone who knows Valve knows what, if Valve says they want to work with you, then you're, then you're psyched and you, you want to, you know, they're, they're one of the original pioneers in VR. Um, and, you know, certainly the one of the major leaders in, in all things PC gaming, um, both on the content side, the distribution side, and even in VR on, on, the, on the hardware side. Um, and so we, we've been working with them now for, for over a year to make this this great new headset happen and in collaboration with Valve and Microsoft. Yeah, I don't think you can um, hit that Valve note enough for uh, <laughs> for the gamers out there. They just, you know, if, if Valve touches it, they believe in it. Um, and, and so has the price point for the HP Reverb Gen 2 been announced? Yes. What so is the price that? in the United States is $599. And then the price, um, you know, it varies in lo different local markets. But okay. in the U.S., it's five ninety nine. Five ninety nine, and then it needs to be so. So everybody understands there are now standalone headsets that people know of: the Oculus Quest, the Pico Neo Two, Vive uh, Focus Plus, and then there are tethered headsets, mm -hmm. and that's where the Reverb Gen Two is. And and. So that when when I say tethered, I mean it needs to be connected to a computer and, and not just some uh, low end dog computer. It needs to be a, <laughs> what's a uh, dog computer? <laughs> dogging it. The graphics are slow. It's got to be a high end. Uh, it's got to be a computer with a decent graphic chipset, mm -hmm. and so that's going to cost a little bit more. Uh, and so talk to us a little bit. You know, the why, why would a school or a business invest in a tethered headset in this day and age, rather than just saying, okay, I'm gonna go get myself an untethered headset. Sure, so and I talked a little bit about the, the attributes and the capabilities of Reverb Gen 1, now I'm gonna talk about Gen 2, and then, and then I'll adjust your question, or yeah. probably through that, I'll adjust your question. So, so there we were, we knew that you know, we had the, the headset with the highest resolution among major vendors, now we have Valve coming to the, coming to the party with us and, and, and Microsoft, and so what we set out to do was you know, take what people loved about the first headset, and then you know, bring in a whole bunch of you know a whole bunch of great technology to make a much much better experience. So if you look at the spec sheet, some of, some of it kind of looks the same, but that's a little deceiving because it, you know, it's numbers on the spec sheet. So we still have resolution of twenty one sixty by twenty one sixty, but we have entirely new lenses that are designed by Valve. And you know Valve has been a pioneer in this area. You know 
over 10 years experience in this area. And so having these new lenses designed by Valve is huge. And so, you know, just for their overall immersive quality of the, the visuals. And so we removed, there, there had been some of the uh, perceived neura, we removed that. Um, we added back in manual IPD adjust, which means that the headset can work for many more, you know, many more heads. And it also means that the, the experience while using the headset is a lot more comfortable for more and, and the, brings a lot less strain on the eyes. Um, and on the audio side, we, if you like the Valve Index heads, you know, uh, headphones, you'll, you'll love these. They're basically the same. So those are sort of top, top line best in class audio. And so now we are, we are, we have those same, those same uh, headphones. Um, and then on the tracking side, we had two cameras on our first headset or our first reverb set, headset. And now we have four cameras. So we're doubling the number of tracking or number of cameras on the headset. Um, we also improved upon the controllers. So overall that brings better tracking, um, more, more motion, you know, more places that you can move the controllers and still have the, you know, keep, keep the tracking of being great. And, uh, the, you know, the, the new, new controllers are more ergonomic as well as they're more industry standard. So for example, if you're a developer making content, the, these controllers being more industry standard makes it easier to port your content from, to, you know, to, from, to various platforms. Um, and then what else is there? I mean, we, we improved a lot of things like the cable, um, the ergonomics, the, you know, the way that it fits on your head, uh, you know, to get together with, with Valve and, and Microsoft. So, oh, you know, basically I would say if you took what people liked about the headset and then, you know, we, we talked a lot to all of our, our, our customers and partners in education and in you know, all the other fields and, you know, read the, read the comments on all the online platforms and went down the list and said, okay, let's, you know, let's improve this, let's improve this, let's improve this, let's improve this. And so boom, 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 boom. Um, and then last, you know, it's really important to have access to your, to your great content. And so the, you can access any content and win, win MR, but of course you can also access all of your Steam VR content, whether that be educational or enterprise or gaming content. And that bridge between Windemar and Steam has been greatly improved, again, because it's a, part, a three-way partnership between HP, Microsoft, and Valve. And so basically what I would say is, you know, each of these companies bring the technology, the go-to-market, the distribution that they're best at, and bring it all to the table for one great product in the HP Reverb Generation 2. Um, and so, you know, Valve brought the, the Steam VR, ergonomics, audio, and and uh, lenses, Microsoft brought uh, WinMR plus the, the great six-stop tracking and then HP brings you know, all, the, all the years and years of uh, great, great hardware experience, of course, plus the most comprehensive VR platform for enterprise and, and commercial and the commercial market. And, and I will jump in there. One of the things that uh, we've worked on with Microsoft at Victory XR is they licensed half of our content and provide it free on their platform. So if you, if you have the HP Reverb headset, you can access our Frog Dissection, for example, which uh, won the Viveport Award for the best VR education experience in the world last year. And, and there's a big difference between seeing that on an untethered standalone headset and a, a headset that's tethered to a, a graphics-rich computer. It, the, if you want to be able to see the organs and you want to be able to see the, uh, the um, the scalpel and some of the other tools, 
it's just a, a much richer experience with a better graphics. And, and nobody, nobody quibbles with that. You know, the, the difference is that you're going to give up some uh, graphics clarity to pay a little bit less, pay maybe a little bit less money for the untethered headset. So yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's clear use cases. Like, I think, you know, there, there's clear use cases where it makes sense to go with a tethered headset and there's clear use cases where it would make sense to go with a standalone headset. And so, it, you know, it basically depends on how, you know, how do you want the content to look? What is that content in, you know, what, what is the best experience? Does it, do you need, are you, you know, are, are they like very heavy files? Are they, are they, is it really important for to have that, you know, near photorealistic and graphic fidelity, or is it okay if it looks a little more cartoonish? Um, you know, if you, if you, if, if you really want that more photorealistic um, experience, if you're training on something where it's really important to have a near, you know, as close to realistic and, and lifelike simulation as possible, of course, you're going to want to have something that has that, that higher resolution. Um, if you, you know, if it's something where like you're talking about with anatomy, where it's important that you can see it a lot better and that's going to make a big difference in say, a, you know, a, a, sur a surgical student or a medical student's experience and, and improve upon the end result of, you know, how good of a doctor that they, that they become. Of course, it makes sense to have something where they're, they're seeing it a lot better um, and, you know, that's to drive them, to, to drive their overall experience. Um, and then, of course, on the esports side, if you're going to, if you're also using, say, your computer for esports where you need, where it's important also to have, you know, really strong GPU, um, then it would make sense to have a, to, to get, to have a headset that can really take advantage of, of that, that computer that you have. Um, and then I would say also, you know, if you, you know, generally headsets that are tethered tend to be more comfortable uh, because they, they're, they're not having their full power on the head. You know, that the power is either is in the computer or you know, the backpack or the laptop or the desktop or, and, and, and you know, the, full, the, the full power. And so the, there tends to be a little more comfort and ergonomics and so both how, you know, the weight as well as how the weight is arranged on, on your head. Yeah, and I want to come back to that point on on esports plus virtual reality. So, um, what computer are you recommending? HP's got a, a whole set of great graphics computers. Is there a particular computer or or line of computers that people should look at if they want to both start an esports team, which you know you might have five or six competitors in League of Legends or uh, Overwatch or one of those uh, tournaments, esport e events. Um, and then also then during the day, uh, utilize those in a science class or some other class to, uh, to dissect a uh, frog or, or something else. So what line of computers are we talking about here? Well, if, if you're, if you're really focused on esports, and probably the Omen line makes more sense. And whether you, know, you can have you get an Omen laptop, you get an Omen desktop, if there's even a big Omen cube, uh, you know. So that that's you know if that's the primary focus. Um, if the primary focus is um, and and that that works really all you know across. If you if, uh, you know, put a 2080 or 2070 uh, in it, that will work. That will work great for VR as well. Uh, if you the the other computers that we recommend, the backpack is great. If you want to have experience of being able to use it docked, doing like a Vanna White. Uh, if, if you use it docked, where you can design and create, you know, at your desk and then put it on, put on, you know, put on the harness on and put it on your back and walk around the room to have a free roam experience. That makes sense. Um, and then we have we have a, we have some new laptops actually coming out this summer. 
Um, one is called the Z-Book Create and the other one's called the Z-Book Studio that are specifically designed um, for creators, for content creators. And so they're perfect for designing and creating VR on. Um, so they're gonna be the, they're both the smallest 15 inch v, a VR capable computer that's coming out and um, and you could get them either with your RTX graphics or with your Quadro graphics inside. So that, that, that's what I would recommend if you're really more about um, designing and creating VR. And if you're probably more about esports, and then the Omens probably make more sense. So the Omen will work with both virtual reality, the HP Reverb, and uh, esports. Yeah. And, well, and they, they, they all would. I, they, I mean, all of those would. Because they all have that chipset. I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you put an RTX twenty eighty or you know, in into a, a ZBook Creator ZBooks, or if you put it into a Z a Create, you, you, it still would be great for for esports. Omen just has more of a gaming brand, so people yeah. who are really into esports may want to have that you know, sort of gaming brand. What is the range of cost on the computer side to work uh, with with both of these systems? Um, I mean, it really depends on what you put in it, and I don't actually even know if we've announced the price on the Ziva Create. I have to double check on that. But um, on the computer side, I mean, depending on what you're doing, maybe you know, somewhere between fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred, two thousand, you know, up to maybe. Uh, well, this is more like three thousand, so so in that range, it's pretty large range. I've seen some of your omens that work in VR. Uh, closer to the thousand dollar range. Yeah, so, it yeah, it will depend on what GPU you have inside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll while we're doing all of this, we'll probably throw up some graphics on some options oh, for yeah. people. Oh well, yes. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, you can really get a Omen computer at that at that at that price. It just whether um, you're you, but if you're you're getting like an RTX twenty eighty RTX twenty eighty S RTX twenty eighty Ti, which is what a lot of people would, would want, um, you know, to, to have that most powerful GPU. It, might, it goes okay. a little higher. They want to win. <laughs> yeah. If you're playing esports, you probably want to win, right? Want to win? That's exactly right. So let's um, let's move away from uh, all of this. I want to just talk a little bit about um, women in technology. I know this is something that you've spent uh, some time. I've seen you on a panel or two talking about that. So uh, uh, talk to us a little bit about um, where you see the state of women in technology today and, and how you think the industry can improve over the next five years. That's a good question. Okay, so first, for me, it's incredibly important that, the, that technology is a representative, diverse, inclusive environment. Um, and you know, for me, this is actually one of the reasons I work in this area. I believe that virtual reality and you know, immersive computing is the next wave in computing. My background, you know, I worked in television for a long time. Um, I was in television for about eight and a half years and then on the marketing side at NBC Universal. And then I was in, in Silicon Valley um, for a little bit, leading up media and marketing there at a tech company. And I see virtual reality as you know not only the next wave of computing but also you know all, all of that brings with it so the next wave in computing in media and entertainment and technology and culture and I, 
if, yeah, well, even today, today in, 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 you know, but not evenly distributed yet and the future, right? And so, and I also believe that the, the power of technology and media entertainment to, um, to shape our lives, to give, you know, give us our perception of how we see the world, to influence our perception, to influence our perception of how we see the world, how we see ourselves, how we see our own role, how we, how we see how we belong in the world and what our, you know, what our lives can and will look like. And, how, you know, how, and it even influences our sense of imagination and how we dream. And so for me, it's incredibly, incredibly important that this next wave of computing is a representative wave, an inclusive wave, a diverse wave, and that we don't make some of the mistakes of the past that I think, you know, in the say social mobile cloud wave of computing that we're in now, that, that I believe some of those have been, were caused by not having representation in the room and at the table around creating products and creating content and creating uh, UX and, and, and experiences. And so for me, it's, I, and, I, and I believe that, um, it's important to see other other women, you know, people. It's important to see people from different geographic backgrounds, from from uh, you know people of color. It's imp you know any any underrepresented group, right? And of course, none of those groups aren't mutually exclusive, right? There's um, but so it's important just to see people from underrepresented groups in technology and drive helping to drive the field forward on the content creation side, on the technology side, in product development. And so um, that's a huge, huge focus for me. I think it's really important. And I think it's important, and I think we also have a much, much, much better chance in this wave of computing of having that be a reality because we're at a different time in the world. And we're at a time where, where you know, the world is, is, is starting to, and, and, and you know, still more work to be done, but starting to, rep to recognize the importance of representation. And so, um, yeah, so that's, that's one of the reasons that I work in the field. And, and I believe that, you know, because this is going to ha have such huge impact on all of our lives, it's important that, that we're creating a future of computing that doesn't just work for, you know, one demographic group, but really works for all of us and is inclusive of you know lots of different points of view and mindsets and backgrounds and you know life experiences so i think it's it's critical for and, and, not, and not just women but all underrepresented groups yeah and, and we've got a dev team of about 13 and as we've hired it's been very difficult on the coder side to, to find uh applicants female applicants um, on the creative side, we've had a lot more success with that. And also in the leadership of the company, that's the, you know, our leadership is very is top heavy uh, with, with female leaders. Um, so I, I think that's positive. But um, yeah, it is, um, it's a challenge to uh, really, you know, we, we, we get people of color, but um, a lot fewer women when we put out, when we try to find people to First of all, a lot of them have to move to Iowa, so that makes it even a little more difficult. But um, even in but, the new remote world, how come they have to move to Iowa? Yeah, well, less so I mean, now. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's great to move to Iowa, but yeah, in yeah. This but remote you know, world, why do they need to move to Iowa? Well, that is that is what we're looking at now. You know, before we wanted to have people come together in a creative room and to work off of each other, mm -hmm. but you know, the world looks a little different than it did four months ago. So I, I think that will change things. 
So yeah. yeah, and I think I think it's important when you're recruiting, you know, I, you know, and that's part of what I was just saying about, you know, it's important to, ha- you know, it's like the the be it, be it see it right. Like people need to see that other people who they you know they think look you know, look like themselves or that they can relate to or have similar or shared life experience and see see those other people in the role to then to then go on and dream and imagine you know for, right. that, that that that's what that's their the path for them too right and so so that's so that's one thing that's why i think it's important to have visibility for underrepresented groups in technology that's one two you know i think it's it's um important for companies to proactively, actively, proactively seek out representative and underrepresented people in, in the workforce. And so you know, maybe that means recruiting at different places, or maybe that, you know, it means, you know, proactively going to recruit at, you know, a historically black, black university, a college and university, or recruiting um, at the Grace Hopper conference, or, you know, or, um, you know, t- tagging into, there's lots of different groups like the AR VR uh, women, women's, you know, women in VR AR Facebook group, or the AR VR women and allies Facebook group, you know, and so, so going out and, pro- and looking and finding people, you know, d- people from underrepresented backgrounds to bring in. And, well, and even, re- even, you know, well, even now with the, the remote, it's probably even finding people who, who work in other countries, right? Um, and can, be, can still can be part of the team remotely, but, you know, come, come in with a completely different point of view. Sure, sure. And I don't know if you are, the last webcast we just uh, completed was with Morehouse College, because Morehouse College integrated over a hundred web um, headsets into their summer program. So what a wonder, I mean, I, I don't know of anybody fantastic. that's gone as far as Morehouse College. And so- That's fantastic, yeah. That yeah, was, we, we, we spoke about that. That's, yeah. that's, that's huge, it's fantastic. Well, I, I, now, I appreciate- Now, you know, I don't know what's being taught exactly, but you know, hopefully with students who are coming through that are gonna have more exposure to VR, hopefully they'll get you know, some exposure to Unity or Unreal and, you know, uh, and then the, end up coming and entering the industry and, and working with us all and helping to push the industry forward with us all. These students are going back to their high schools now and they are the VR experts when they walk awesome. in. How awesome is that? Yeah, I yeah, love that's that. Fantastic. Um, fantastic. Well, I want, I appreciate you Happy. discussing that with me because I know getting, having gotten to know you just a little bit, I know you are much more than just computers and, and uh, VR, uh, and much deeper than that. And so I appreciated that conversation. Um, Let's wrap it up with um, talk a little bit about where we go with virtual reality. We've got some really, I think, exciting things happening. You've got, you know, what I how I describe it is the the simulators and then the group collaborative VR. Mm-hmm. What what do you see in the space of education and training over the next year or two? Um, you know, where wherever you want to go with this question. Well, in the next year or two, you know, I think we're we're still. Unfortunately, many of us, you know, we're still in this in this remote world, right? And so, um, certainly, we see, you know, when we when we last left school, not nearly ninety percent of students were not in school, right? And 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 as you know, in, in northern hemisphere, we go back into you know, the end of coming to the end of summer and going in. Uh, you know, every we speak with a lot of universities and a lot of students every day, and you know everyone we talk to, it's a different story on who's going back to school, who's not going back to school, which grades are going back, which, you know, uh, sophomores are this, freshmen that, grad school. Um, and so each, each school is, you know, 
looking at specifically what they were going to do, right? And it's, it, and it's also changes on a geographic, uh, changes geographically, and then it changes, of course, depending on the current conditions. So all that said, you know, I think in the next year or two, it's going to be incredibly important, you know, the areas that you just mentioned, remote collaboration, figuring out how to stay connected both on a, in, in learning as well as uh, you know, the, the social aspect of school, right? And so vir virtual reality offers that very well with collaborative tools, remote, remote collaboration tools, as well as social VR collaboration tools. And so there's, and I know, I know you work with Engage, that's, that's a great one. And then there's lots of other ones out there that, that provide, provide those, those tools that are gonna be incredibly meaningful. So that's one that is you know, definitely important and that, that we're seeing. Um, and then there's other, there's other tools around simulation, as you just, just, you just um, mentioned, whether it's simulation for medical students or physics or biology or chemistry or simulation for um, you know, vocational tech jobs. You know, we work also with some, some, uh, some companies like Nimbus that are doing vocational tech. We work with companies that, you know, that are teaching people how to do welding you know, or we, see, we we're working with companies that are teaching people, um, you know, we said medical, but, you know, during COVID, of course, getting, getting more and more nurses trained up and doctors trained up is incredibly important. Um, so, so lots, lots of simulation, as you mentioned. And then a, a third, you know, we, we look at it as learn, collaborate, create, connect. Those are kind of the four buckets, the four use cases that we see, and then all of those are applicable in, in education. Um, and then on the create, you know, on the create side, it's, you know, students that are learning to create, whether it be in VR, like Unity and Real or, or WebXR, as well as uh, students that are training in design. Um, and you know, are training for a job in architecture, engineering, and construction. And so there, you know, there's there's uh, products like like uh, Gravity Sketch or Enscape, you know, where that are that are going to be that are important as well. And then on the Connect side, I kind of talked about that, the social VR or even gaming. You know, connecting around connecting around gaming. Um, we're seeing all-time concurrent users in platforms like Steam VR. Um, and then we just had a, a big announcement uh, that the that Microsoft is bringing Flight Simulator to VR, um, and it will be rolling out at the same time as HP Reverb this fall. So, that is, you know, for all your esports fans out there, that's a really huge announcement, and we're just thrilled, you know, that us that HP, Microsoft, and Valve have this great new headset with an HP, um, HP Reverb G2 and that the Microsoft Flight Simulator VR game that I know a lot of people have been waiting for because I've seen all the hashtag like no VR, no buy, or I think that's, I think that's the hashtag no VR, no buy. Um, you know, and so it's here, they announced it and it's coming this fall. That's perfect, that's awesome, you're awesome. Oh, you're awesome, Steve. <laughs> Thank you, you Joanna. Do, you all do such, such great work and I love, uh, Dr. Wendy Martin and everything that you all are you all are doing. You're, I mean, you're impacting so many students. You're, impact, you know, so many people that, um, you know, that it, it's such a it's such a unprecedented time for educators and students alike, right? And so helping provide the tools that are going to bring them through this time successfully, um, provide them with the learning, provide them with the education, provide them with that interactivity to bring that you know, much higher attention for everything that they learn is so important. And so definitely so grateful that you're in this industry and doing all the great work that you're doing. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. And if people want to learn more about um, HP products, where, where do they go? 
Yes. Okay. So for the HP Reverb, you go to hp.com backslash reverb. And if you want to just know generally about HP VR products, you can go to hp.com backslash go backslash reverb. Um, and then you can also go to the Steam VR website to learn more about, about the reverb. And if you right. want to find me, I'm at Joanna Popper on all the different platforms. Okay, perfect. Well, wonderful. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, I look forward to uh, continuing our conversation after it comes out this fall. Me too. Thanks, Steve. It's so great to be here with you. All right. Stay safe in Iowa. <laughs> yes. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. And we will be back next week.